Yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for <clears throat> tuning in and listening. This will be the first episode. It's like an introductory episode to the uh, the Lovebirds. What's the Lovebirds? Well, it will be a documented journey of two people bringing a family together into a blended setting. So, you know, we've got two adults, me and my partner. Say hello. Hey, guys. How's it going? Okay. And then we'll have, you know, we've got our children, which there is six of them. So, and, you know, just to give you guys kind of an idea of what we've got going on here. Uh, my Myself, I, I work for the government. And I also run a comedy podcast show and produce film and photography. And we DJ, we work events, all kind of stuff like that. And I'm currently a stay-at-home mom. I have um, a couple medical degrees, but I'm not practicing right now. And in return of doing, being able to stay home most of the time, I help him with all of his adventures with his businesses. Yeah, so with that, we've got that. We're, you know, trying to bring this family together. I'm I'm African-American. She's white. So we've got, me personally, I've got three children of my own. Okay. Two girls and a boy. And they're, uh, they're all mixed race. And... I've got three boys from a previous marriage, and then we share a daughter. Right, that's my youngest daughter. So, but yeah, this is a kind of, we're going to be talking about, you know, how we met, the relationship, the things we overcome, and, you know, the stuff that still troubles us. We, we are not perfect by any means. We do not say we're perfect. We're not traditional by any means also. So, you know, that's kind of a new journey for us, would you say? Would you? Yeah, because the first time around for me, I tried to stay pretty traditional, and this is definitely not it. Right. So, you know, it's that's that's kind of what we got. I guess we'll start here, and um, you want to go ahead and give them some sort of like a story of yourself, maybe. Oh, story. Uh, okay, so I have been a single mom since about 2018 and at that time I just decided that I was going to do whatever it took to just take care of me and my kids and that involved me going to school um, and getting my degrees and it was a rough time but I had started to realize that I couldn't just work and go to school and be mom so I'd gone to an event with my sister for one of our um, mutual friends, and that's actually how we met. So we it was a tattoo uh, competition that was held in 2019. Yeah, it was an event we threw. We had a tattoo competition where <clears throat> we had several local artists compete against each other and whatnot and and uh, my other show we hosted that so 
Yeah, and with that, so I went to that, and we didn't talk that day, but that definitely brought our, that's what really started our journey, because if I didn't go to that, we wouldn't be talking, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, from there, um, we met up a couple times. On a sneaky link. I, I think you could put it as a sneaky link. I don't know. And then... Um, then... There was London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She came out of a very big surprise. I had... Like, we had hardly started really anything yet. And I had gone on a family trip with my sister to go back home. And I never get sick on road trips, ever. But on my way up, I was just like, ooh, I feel nauseous. This isn't normal. And went through the trip. Everything was normal after that. didn't notice anything. And on the road trip back, I got car sick again. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So... I took a pregnancy test, and it instantaneously was positive. And I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Yeah, she had called me and said she had been feeling sick. And I told her, I was like, you're probably pregnant. And I jokingly said that in a way, but I kind of felt it deep down in my pit that that had happened. I'm like, yeah, I dropped that bomb. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. What happened from there? Well, if we're being brutally honest, we went through all of the thought processes of what we would want to do. But by fate, I think it all chose its path for us, and here we are. Yeah, my my thing was, um, I... My other two children are old, older than her children. They're, they were self-sufficient. They started, you know, learning to fix their own meals a little bit and things like that. And I just wasn't mentally ready to start over. And it wasn't just starting over. Not even just having just one child. She had her other children. And if I was going to be involved in that child's life then I was also going to be involved in these other children's lives so my number went from two to six that was hard for me because I was I was pretty ramped up in my career and my entrepreneurship and I know what it takes to really put the time and effort in with the kids and for it to be how everyone's storybook wants it to be and I was just like, man, I'm not. And maybe I was being selfish, you know. Maybe that was it. But I was at an age where I was determined to do something with myself at that time. <clears throat> and I didn't want to stop for anything else, you know. But the only thing that could stop me, the only thing that would slow me down or stop me is my own children. I am... An active father. I'm not a pretend dad. I'm not a Facebook dad. Like I really like my kids and want to spend time with my kids when I can. 
So that was... That was actually part of one of our beginning conversations on how important our kids were to us and the fact that they always come first. Right. And we've held through that 100%, I think, this whole time. Right. So I was I was very uh, hesitant. I was very upset. And I, and I told her, I didn't, I do not want any more kids. This is not what I wanted to do. Like, this was a real thing since we're being just brutally honest here. And that's the purpose for us to just speak on a level that relates with other people. So we definitely want to make sure we express that throughout the show. And you call us out and you let us know if we don't, okay? So, but yeah, I I got over it after a while. And I made the mental decision that if we were going to do this and I was going to be a dad again that I would do it the right way and that I would you know commit and be there in my child's life and be there for her you know not just my child but for her also so we made a pretty quick decision for you guys to move in yeah I think I was oh I think it probably be a month after I found out I was pregnant. Right. We made the official, like, move in. We had done, like, overnights where my kids were getting used to your kids a little bit. Like, getting a taste of the waters. Right. And then. And the water tasted like chocolate milk, <laughs> in a way. You know? yeah, it wasn't it was clear. It not was... a smooth ride by any means. I don't feel like our ride smoothed out, honestly. When it comes to the kids, until maybe about six months ago. Right. It was rough, y'all. Like, it was not um, it was not pleasant. It was not fun. It was, it was a journey. It was an uphill journey. And me being in my 30s, it was, a, it was a hell of an uphill journey for me. You know, I wasn't just the youngest of dads still, but, you know, I was... I wasn't old either, but I was middle-aged, I guess. Do you consider? Not quite middle-aged. I consider middle-aged in their uh, 40s. 40s? Okay. Well, I'm not quite 40 yet, but, you know, we'll see. So, um, what about you? How was your feelings in the beginning? Oh, I was scared. I was scared to bring another life into the world that I had to make sure that I provided for because that brought me from not three kids to four kids, but not, it's not four kids. It's six kids because I'm not treating your kids different than my kids. They instantly were mine. And I tell them every day that I see them that I might, you might not have come from me, but, but you're my kid and I love you. Um, and it was hard to um, figure out how to spread myself evenly across everybody. And I still struggle with it. It's frustrating. I don't, I don't think there's a way to do it. I don't think there's, with those many children, I don't think there's a way to evenly distribute anything. Like, 
there's only seven days in a week, even if you gave them each a day, each a day, <laughs> like there's only seven days. Like all you can do is just ride the lightning. That's it. You know? Yeah. That's, that's all you can do. Make the best of it. You can group them by age. And yeah. Do things. I think my biggest fear at first was, am I going to continue to be a single mom? And instead of three kids, now I've got four. Yeah. Anytime you date, that's like a possibility. You know, I can't rule that as a possibility now. Even we're sitting here recording, like tomorrow could come and you could break up at any time about anything, no matter how dedicated you are to anything, anybody can break up. So I can't just say that's, even out of the realm of reality. You know what I mean? Like, I'm divorced. You're divorced. This was, you know, we've both been there. Now, we're not divorced because of each other. But, you know, we've both been married. And we know how that works out. Even the vows aren't enough. Yeah, not at all. To the point that when we both first got together, despite everything... We had originally said that we were never getting married again. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I told you guys in the beginning that uh, we're not traditional. We're not looking at getting married. Um, My reasons, I feel like I made it out of my first marriage. It was a pretty good divorce. And I made it out all right. We didn't have, we didn't fight a lot in in the relationship, but we didn't fight during the divorce also. So I feel like you only get one of those, (laughs) one of those freebies, you know? So I was like, I don't think I want to try and risk that again and end up in some sort of battle again, you know, where I got involved because, okay, let me tell you guys, if you've never been through a divorce, there's a point in your divorce where you realize that you nor the other person are making all of the decisions. Nowadays in divorce, the courts get to make decisions and get to decide things even against you and your ex-partner's wishes. Like, you can say, well, we want to do this and this. And they can say, no, I'm not down with that. Nobody's going to tell me, especially if me and my ex have agreed on something, nobody's going to tell me about what we can and can't do and and that especially if we've already worked it out that's none of your damn business at this point so that's one part of it that i just wanted to make sure that i didn't involve some people that didn't know me they didn't know my date of birth they didn't know my favorite color they don't know anything about my kids but they're gonna decide some stuff for me now you got me fucked up so but yeah i'm just i'm not looking for for marriage per se but i mean how do you feel about it well my divorce was the divorce itself was pretty easy to get through we with his situation he pretty much grabbed the clothes out of his dresser and just left so Really, it was me trying to figure out how to get rid of stuff that I didn't want. Um, The ending of the marriage was excruciatingly painful. 
Um, and I just told myself I was never going to let myself go through that pain again. So even being in our relationship it at its point is still scary because I'm like, I am technically letting myself go through this again because if this goes bad, then I'm going to feel that pain again. Yeah. I. By the time I'm ready to end a relationship, the the emotions don't even phase me anymore. I go through my emotional roller coaster while we're still in the relationship. And then when those when that thing that switch is flipped and that thing is cut off, then I'm not even I'm not even there emotionally anymore like you know I might care about the person's well-being but I don't give a fuck if I'm gone out all night or something and I don't do that would you say I'm not an all-night person at all am I no you don't there's not been there's not been anything like that even when we've had a really really bad days right so I don't that's I don't don't think I'm your typical guy I'm out disappearing in the middle of the night no, there's none of no, that. No, if he disappears in the middle of the night, I get breakfast in bed at 5 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, that, I have got up in the morning and went and got breakfast and, and brought it in and, and stuff like that. If I if I wake up hungry and it's 5 or 6 in the morning, I will go get the keys and go slip out the door and go get breakfast and come home. That's the only thing. Food is the only thing. Is gonna make me go get up in the middle of the night and go get some food, and I'm always coming with just more than food for just me. So, yeah. but um, I had a thought process, but I lost it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, you get ready for that. Okay, we've had we I, deal with uh, that. So, where you say that once you mentally check out, like it's just done i feel like it's fair to say for me i'm exactly the opposite i give my all until there's literally nothing at all to give anymore right like no secret many people that know us know there's been some really close calls where our relationship has almost come to an end yeah that's true that's true well, um, and we'll get to that. We'll lead up to that. That's not that's not first episode material yet. No. We'll, we'll grab topics throughout the way and make sure we fill everybody in. So, but with saying that, though, it just goes to show that every relationship is going to have ups and downs, and some days are going to be really, really hard. Right. We're not religious people. Also, we don't. We don't have a bunch of scriptures to throw each, at each other. and Sometimes I wonder if the relationship would be easier if we both had a, a walk of faith and stuff like that. Because religions tend to put the man and the woman in a role for us to follow. And I don't know if it's easier, easier that way or if it's... Or, you know, if it's more difficult because you want to break out of that mold. I don't know. I've never had that walk with faith relationship. Maybe that's something I'm missing. Maybe it's not. It's not something I desire, though. Yeah. Somebody that's gone to church and, like, 
so my dad is Catholic, believe it or not. He doesn't go into church anymore, but he grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And my mom tends to go to Baptist churches. Hey, my mother, too. So, like, I've been to church. I don't say I don't believe, but I don't want it shoved down my throat either. Yeah. And one of the things that with my dad, all he had is girls. So when he had stuff he had to do, he didn't have a little boy to go help him change the brakes and do all that stuff. So trying to stereotype me into a certain role is frustrating. I don't like it. I'm used to being out and doing the hard stuff. And I'm grateful that I learned that hard stuff because when I had to spend that time by myself, I wasn't up a creek with no paddle. I could get myself where I needed to be and do the things that I needed to do. And I didn't have to call for a man's help and save me. Um, but I feel like it does cause a little bit of rift in our relationship because I'm willing to do some of this stuff and I feel like sometimes I'm stepping on toes. Yeah, we, we step on a lot of toes in our relationship because unlike a lot of guys, <clears throat> I um, I cook, I can do laundry, I do all kind of things around the house that I can do and I feel like it bothers her in a way and because she has her way of doing it and I have my way of doing it and then you know there's things that she wants to do you know if she goes to the grocery store and grabs a big old 50 pound bag of dog food she comes honking up to the door (laughs) with it and I'm like let me get the dog food and she's like I got it don't worry about it and you know things like that is how we step on each other's toes and I've really had to just kind of Learn to sit down and just keep my mouth shut with it. I took the, I took the typical guy route out and just tapped out. I was like, look, I'm, I'm. That, that's not worth arguing about. I'm just gonna, just sit back. And there, there's times I still try and pep up and talk about it. And then, you know, I quickly remind myself that this is not even worth it. Just let her have it, man. Just let her have it. But I like it when you cook. I will, I will negate that part of it. A hundred percent. I love it when you cook. Your food is good. But we are both fluffy for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the biggest probably discourager when I cook, you know, I'm I learned to cook southern black, like I season my food up heavily, all that stuff. And with her kids coming in, they weren't used to that. They weren't used to the whole spices and you know this might you know the fried chicken batter might be a little spicy just to add a zing to it which you know your normal adult friends is they're like num, 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 that, mm, you know but i wasn't used to it the kids were like this is hot this is hot ah. and i didn't feel like it was hot because i can't eat spicy foods myself but i felt like it was just seasoned and her kids were not having it so i just i took a back seat with the cooking and and now we got one that of mine that every time we cook, he's like, where's the hot sauce? Right, right. <laughs> yep, that's the thing now. Um, but yeah, I guess this is a rebuttal on another thing because why not? 
put it in perspective of the dog food situation about time that he says, you want me to take it? I'm already to the front door. I've climbed steps. I've moved around kids. At this point, just let me get to where I'm going so I can set this sucker down. (laughs) So, But, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know if you guys deal with that. You know, let us know. Drop some comments. Let us know if that's something you deal with, stepping on each other's toes while trying to establish the relationship. For me, I'm used to leading a relationship, being the man in it, and doing the man things, paying bills, and that's the only thing I don't like to do is mow grass because I was literally in mow grass hell growing up. I bought a small lot when I put my house on it. I didn't want a huge yard because I know that yard takes time and it takes effort. And I didn't want to put it into that. Call me lazy. I don't care. I tended to six acres growing up. Every inch of it. There was no... You know, so much was a pasture or anything like that. No, we tended to all six acres all the time. And it was just too much for me. After I was just burnt out. By the time I was an adult, I was like, I do not want to waste four and five hours a day on my yard. That's just... I don't want to do it. So Yeah, we are both want to be... Uh yard people right we have little gardens but they hardly survive each year right <laughs> make it. i'm like oh the bush made it another year good job <laughs> i'm not used to tending like I've, I've, we've got children we tend to we've got dogs we tend to like now i gotta tend to these plants plant they got soil it's got water i figure that's enough you know maybe you could just grow you know what i'm saying so yeah i fear for uh the little plant that we got in the window right now i'm oh, like you have no chance none <laughs> none your son he it's his little plant he got from school and i hope he youtubes all the wonderful ways to take care of it because i don't have time for it oh. at all so i don't know it's survived so far but it's only gonna survive if he keeps going because right. i ain't got no hope if i help it <laughs> So what would you say some of your hobbies are? Just to let the listeners know. Hobbies. So, talk about a granny thing that I like to do. I like to crochet when I have the time. Yeah. Um, I learned it from my mom. She has a TBI, and which is a traumatic brain injury, for the you guys that don't know. Um, and it happened in 2011 when I was 17. And after that, she just, she wasn't the same woman. She went from an RN being super successful and doing the stuff that she wanted to do to being on disability stuck at home. And one of the only ways that I could communicate with her at that point and not argue was when I sat down and tried to um, get her to teach me how to crochet and it just turned into this little hobby because once you turn that scan of yarn into a piece of clothing or whatever it's a really cool feeling especially to know that not only did you make it but somebody gets to use it um else i I made a uh, pillow in high school for home ec class that's the only thing i've ever sewn and it was a boxing glove with like some initials on it i don't even know what it 
what the initials stand for anymore. You know, <laughs> it was just something I did. So, oh, I've I've sewed a bunch of stuff. Um, I wish I could say that cooking was a hobby, but when you have to feed eight people, it starts to to not feel like a hobby anymore. It starts to feel just like another chore, and it begins daunting after so many days. Right. Um. I like to hike. I haven't been able to do it in a long time. Yeah. But hiking with his six kids, it just sounds like a nightmare. I haven't done it yet. So maybe it's not a nightmare. I'm not the hiking camping type. So every time she's like, Let's take the kids and go for a hike, I'm just like, Yeah, that sounds like a lot of babysitting in the wilderness. You know? <laughs> it just sounds like Death right around the corner. Like, if a snake pops up, I got to keep six kids and the snake away from each other. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, that's, that's, ooh, that sounds like a lot of not me, you know? So, but, well, I'm willing to try it one day. We just got to get the circumstances. I don't think our baby is just old enough yet to just be out there hiking with us. Well, considering the fact that she likes to get dirty. And it drives me insane because I'm like, you are a girl. Please don't live in your mama's shoes. Be pretty. Dress up. (laughs) But I was hiking uh, with my boys when they were that young. I just put them on the carriers, the backpacks, and go that way. And then when they wanted to walk, I'd let them walk for a little while and just back and forth to keep it moving. She just, like... If there's a bump in the carpet, she falls when she walks. <laughs> she does. So I just can't picture her going, you know, anywhere. Because every trail has a part to it that's like, ooh, you a know. It's sketchy. Yeah, and they make it sketchy. And they do that for a reason, for entertainment purposes. You ain't <laughs> fooling nobody. That's all for entertainment purposes. Just to go ahead and, you know, make people freak out for a minute. So... So, the talk about bad ideas. One of my bad ideas was when I was pregnant with Adam, I went on a hike with my sister. And the, like, I was like pretty pregnant, like two months Mm -hmm. till due date. We got, it had just rained and I wasn't thinking. And we had to get to this part of the trail that was like, literally a 45 yeah like it was steep and it was slippery and my pregnant butt hit the ground oh wow and um that's when i started i was like okay we gotta be a little more cautious right right but think twice yeah (laughs) but we both were okay and nothing happened i didn't deal with any contractions or anything that warranted like baby in danger or me but it definitely Know your trails if you're going out with kids. Right. That was the lesson. Yeah. Okay. All right. I uh, I really don't... I'm not a big risk taker with my kids. Only because I feel like their moms are waiting for me to fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, take the kids for the weekend. You know, bring them back alive, though. But I feel like I've I've got this streak of not fucking up that... My time is coming at some point in time, and I feel like they're waiting for that to happen. And they may not be. That may be just the paranoia in me talking, 
but I, f- I feel that way. I feel like any parent that is separated from the other parent feels that way. Right. Because I'm like, oh, God, if they get the wrong scratch or wrong boo-boo, whatever, they're going to try to have my tail. <laughs> right, right. Um, so for me... Hopefully, you know, they're going to hopefully it doesn't happen when they're in these teenage years and they don't wreck a car or something like that. But I would like to make it out both of them out of high school flawlessly. So I can flawless victory. You know, I don't have any sort of anything that I have to deal with out of high school. Now, once they hit that adult phase, you know, you can be like, hey, you fucked that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, you made that choice. I can make it these, you know, eighteen years without without misstepping. I'd be pretty proud of myself. Ah, uh, you're a good dad, so I try. I try. So, um, our relationship when we first jumped in, we were actually gonna try and aim for a poly relationship. Me, the interest for me in it, everyone, when they hear Polly, they want to talk about threesomes and stuff like that. And let me tell you guys, anybody who doesn't know anything about this shit, it is way easier to have a threesome than it is to be in a Polly relationship. I have yet to be in a Polly relationship because I, number one, don't even know how to jump this shit off the ground. So I know for a fact it is easier to have a threesome. So let's let's set that to the side right now, okay? Now, the reason we had talked about doing a poly relationship was, number one, the conventional relationships had not worked out for either one of us. We have, you know, dated, I've dated it. Dated and dated and dated and da 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 like a lot of you guys have, and it just never worked out. So I was like, "All right, maybe I should try something different. Maybe this isn't the path for me." So when she had spoke to me in the beginning of our relationship, we had talked about this and we had kind of addressed it a little bit, and you know, it was something we laid on the table briefly. Before things just cranked up so seriously. Because you have to realize, we were just kicking it. And then all of a sudden, we were parents. Yeah, like, perspective. November we met. End of uh, February, we found found out we were Expecting. Yeah. (laughs) You were pregnant. I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) So... So yeah, that was something that we had uh, we had really thrown out there. We haven't we haven't crossed that bridge yet. It's not a journey we made. It was just stuff we had talked about, and I mean we talked about other unconventional things too. But you know, it's now that I've really had time to talk to people and had time to you know talk to people that have been involved in that and other things. I just think. Whatever we decide to do with our relationship, we just shouldn't label it. You know, we shouldn't label anything because with labels come expectations and we don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So why label anything? 
You know, why label the whole nine? Some people think labels equal protection. Those people are naive. There's plenty of husband and wives out there cheating on each other every day. And they have the label of husband and wife. So what is the significance of all these labels? So it's something to think about, something to chew on. You know, what do, what do you feel like in the beginning when we talked about that? How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, we talked about it in the beginning. It, for me, I was like, hmm, got to back up a little bit more. Okay. So, for me as a person up until now, I used to be a very independent person. I didn't need people around me all the time. Um... So I felt like if I knew there was somebody else there for you when I couldn't or didn't want to, not because I didn't care, just because of who I was, Mm -hmm. that I knew that you were still getting your needs met in all the ways possible. And now I'm not opposed to it. But I don't feel like it's a necessity because my relationship to you, you are 100% my best friend and the love of my life. So for the first time in my life, even with me have going through a marriage already, this is the first time that I've ever been like, I want to be around this person whenever I have the chance. Um. But if that other person's out there and we're meant to be with them, I'm sure they'll find us. Right. It just I feel like the biggest thing is at first we were like really trying to push and like just grab the first person that we felt would connect with the both of us. Right. And as the time has gone on, I'm like, if this is going to happen. It has to happen completely organically and they just have to mesh and just become a part of it. With it like I feel like whoever it is would just become a part of us without us realizing they really became a part of us. Right. See, I don't know how that will work. We don't spend a lot of time with other people like that. So I don't know who would even organically be spending time with us to make that happen. You know, we usually it's me, you, the kids, and when the kids go to bed, it's us and some TV or some video games or something. We do game. Uh, but, you know, just whatever it may be, I, I've never really saw us having somebody that floats around us much. That's fair to say. I guess... As silly or maybe not the sounds, I feel like it would start at like one of the events that we're at, and you're just like, I don't know, we're just enjoying our time, and then maybe they come over after, huh? And then oh, that one time maybe turns into more times, and then oh, here we are. What the heck happened? Right. <laughs> so that's that's how you're picturing it, huh? Like, meeting them out along the way, 
on an adventure. Yeah. Cuz as much as like, as much as you're very much right that we don't like when we go out we're typically working or it's a an event that we're not working but it means a lot to whoever that we're there. Right. Especially for you. So like we always have a purpose that we're out, but I feel like we still have a good time when we do that stuff and like we're very we're both very approachable people. So we do. We we socialize a lot. So but I think with the amount of stuff that we have for events and stuff that it evens itself out. So I guess for me that's like the only way that it could happen because like we said, we both are very much about our kids, so we don't really go out without a purpose. Right. Right. And, I mean, who would want to be coming to our craziness anyway? Six kids, da 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 I always pictured it in my mind that the person we would find would be somebody that would want kids but couldn't have kids, you know, and... They were just going to overload their life with kids. So they would just be like, fuck, I don't want kids no more, you know. (laughs) But something like that. But that's so specific. Oh, I'm looking for a person that wants to have kids but can't have kids but is into being in a poly relationship with two fluffy people. Like, that's really narrow, you know what I'm saying? And then I was like, well, maybe we'll just find somebody who, you know, just wants the, some lone wolf that wants to be a part of something that's tired of, you know, spending life by themselves and maybe, you know, appreciate the company and I'll appreciate another person around here to help out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if that picked up on there, but that is. Yes. One and only child right now. All of the kids are gone except for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean does that sound like like an unrealistic thing i don't know i hate trying to talk about what we feel like this person might be or would need to be because then it starts sounding mean and i don't anybody that comes into our life i know what it feels like to be used and I don't want anybody to ever feel that way. Right. No, I don't want to use anybody. Like, I don't. so, need. like, that is not anything that we're saying. Like, if somebody were to come into our life, they would, if I couldn't care about them to in a deep level, then I wouldn't be able to let it happen because that wouldn't be fair to them. Right. The The first time I really like sunk my teeth into the idea is I went on a film gig. I don't know if we were together when I went to this or not, but I went on a film gig and it was a big mansion that was hid. We had just recently got together because I know who you went with. Right. And it was up in. Yeah. 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 So we get there and it's a big mansion in the woods, guys. Picture this. Close your eyes with me. So you're in this urban neighborhood, and there's just like, 
you know, sometimes in the hood, there's just a little thing of brush on the side of the road and you can't see off. Well, in this brush was this little driveway. It was tiny. And once you got through the brush of the driveway, then it was lined by bamboo. And it was just bamboo, just growing, bamboo growing to the left and the right. And as you got further in, there was a bus that was turned into a home. Then there was like a hut that was made into a home. And then when you go around the corner, there is a mansion. Now, this ain't no new, nice-looking thing. This mansion was basically run by hippies, okay? And they all lived in this community. They'd even drug the the grand piano outside it was getting rained on and they were playing it by the fire and all this stuff and like i was just like okay what is this and they were like oh we you know we just rent rooms and you know you just find a place to stay on the property yada yada and i was like wow this is great and they had like this it was almost like a, a commune but you know there was no no terrorist activities or anything but I was just amazed at how they all existed together. And I was like, man, if I didn't have the kids I have, this is where I would want to be. There's so much creativity flowing here. There's so much love flowing here. And there's so many things going on. This is a life I would have loved to live. I mean, I'm not going to get to live. I'd, ha I'd have to be the old man later that shows up. <laughs> but... Yeah, it was it was amazing. And ever since then I was like I kind of want to do a commune like this. Like I kind of want to do a lifestyle where we live freely without all these things being pushed on us and all this pressure of this and that being put on us and we're just here loving each other, teaching the kids they're teaching the kids what they know. I'm teaching the kids what I know because I don't feel like I know everything. I just know what's in my lane. And they know things that I have never experienced or experimented with, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about that? I feel like you can have that without... You could have that without saying that it's anything of the sort of polyamory. or that. But, like, I know that's what you're saying. You don't want labels. But, like, you can... I know quite a few people that do stuff like that. Like, there's this one family that I have on Facebook that the parents came up with this idea. They got all of their kids involved. And they all went together to buy this huge mansion um, that has, like, other outhouses. And they're all just going to live there together. They even have a schoolhouse that they're going to do so they can homeschool the kids and stuff. Um, but they're all monogamous. It's just, it's the, what would be grandparents and then all of the, their kids with their spouses and then their kids. Right, right. So, is is monogamy a thing that you that you strive for? With our relationship, yes. Yeah. At least currently, like I've. It sounds so silly to sit there and be like, I for real have never loved somebody so deeply that I don't think that I could ever love anybody 
to this level. Anybody else? Okay. So, and I asked her, I know you guys are probably like, why did he ask her about monogamy? Because it was something in the beginning, like, and she'll tell you, I'm not one to, to chase ass. You know, that's not my thing. I'm not out here trying to find multiple partners and all this stuff. It was just things we had talked about in the beginning. And I want her to clarify for you guys, you know. So, like, in the beginning, when we talked about all this stuff, we hadn't really talked about being monogamous or not, you know. It wasn't a thing that we had really crossed. We had just kind of knew we wanted to do something different than what we had been doing because what we had been doing hadn't been working. Yeah. And I guess to be fair, I had had a small experience with having two partners. And it went well for a little while. But then some situations had happened and they crossed lines that were not comfortable and it literally Were they not comfortable or was it against the rules you guys had set? I guess it was against the rules, but then it like not even like literal rules aside, the feeling of what had happened had hurt pretty bad. Like it wasn't that they broke a rule, it was the feeling of the action that was done. So, did it feel just as bad as, you know, a regular relationship? And, you know, yeah, but then it was times two. It was times two. Yeah. Yeah. Because you knew both parties. Yeah. And in a regular relationship, you just know one party most of the time. You don't always know both parties. Yeah. You, uh, it was, it was like, Yeah, I, I guess that's just the only way to put it is that you knew both of them and you thought you had that you could trust them both to that level. And then they take that and just throw that trust out the window. And it's not just one person that has destroyed that trust. It's two people. So then it was just like, wow. Yeah. And how old were you guys? Oh. <sighs> And I ask that while you think about that. I ask that because for me, there was a certain age before I started getting serious about any relationship. Even if somebody said we're in a serious relationship, I had four older brothers, two older sisters. I knew this shit was bullshit up until a certain age. Like, people were going to do things, and it it was their right of growth. That's what I'm going to label it, a right of growth for them to... Take that opportunity to grow up and and experience things and learn things. And there's nothing that can stop that if a person wants that. There's high school sweethearts and stuff that can do it. But those numbers are so low. Those are, those are low numbers, guys. So, for me, you know, it depends on what age. Without saying my age, for me, I was past that point of, I'm just trying to figure this out. Right. Okay. I felt like at that, even now, looking back, I knew who I was, but they might not have. 
Okay. That was probably it. You, you've got to give people... At my age now, I know you've got to give people room. And age doesn't even matter in a way. Sometimes it's just life experiences. I see plenty of women that stay sheltered in for so long. And they're in their late 30s, early 40s, finally breaking out and going wild and stuff. And to some people, they look crazy. But me, I'm like, "Mm, you probably spent the last 20 years of your life cooped up somewhere and this is you experiencing it. and it's a phase people go through phases you know phases happen i still i still kind of had that phase too like i've neither one of us i say would consider ourselves serial daters but i've never like i don't i've never really spent a crazy long amount of time by myself yeah so after my divorce for about a year I was like, screw it. I'm never getting married again. I'm just going to go get what I need when I need it and I'm going to go back and do my thing. I think everyone does that now just because of the availability of people in the internet. But, yeah. For me, my single days, I enjoyed being single because I was halfway living what I was talking about earlier. I was, you know, I'd have people stay over. One time I, you know, I had a house full of people that were just here and you know it's not always the best thing to do when you're raising children you know but um it was the life i lived it's my truth that's my honesty so you know it happened and you know i wasn't in a relationship with anybody per se but we were all hanging out and you know sometimes we were intimate sometimes we weren't sometimes we we're all just just hanging out making it through the day you know Back in the day, homes used to be loaded with family members and not just intermediate. Like, they used to have family homes and everyone worked together to achieve the things they achieved. And with that, they they almost achieved more because there was a lot of land, the houses were bigger, the big plantation-style homes... And they were able to build up family wealth and everything. And that, not so much in the black community because of the things in America we dealt with. But using, you know, a lot of white families as case studies with this, you know, they were building these their own little communities there. And unfortunately, that went away. And we didn't get to, we don't get to experience that anymore. We have a lot of you know, couples that are in humongous homes with nobody there and they're they're working their asses off just to make sure that it all flies correctly. And, you know, if that works for you, great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think some of us need to really sit back and consider some of the ways we used to make things work. Yeah. So. So I've got some questions Okay. That'll kind of, it's kind of off topic of what we've been at, but I'm curious and I kind of, so I know that we met at the, kind of sort of met at your event, Mm -hmm. but what made you decide that you were going to reach out to me? I don't know, curiosity. Um, Your sister actually played a big part in that. I was friends with her sister. Um, 
before I knew her. And your sister had good characteristics and she had like good morals for things. And like, I'm not interested in your sister. No, I know. <laughs> you know, but like, those were qualities that I was like, okay, you know, I like these qualities. She was a cool person, all that stuff. And I like those qualities. And, you know, y'all being sisters, I was, you know, in hopes that you carried these qualities that she carried. You know, you guys aren't too far in age. And, you know, you came up in the same house together and stuff. So that was that was a part of it, you know. And at that time, I was, you know, trying to get out of a relationship that I wasn't necessarily happy in. So I was switching modes. I was going from, you know, dating version, you know, me dating to going back to me just living freely. Yeah. So and then when we reached out, I have no problem reaching out to people and and speaking with people. A lot of the conversations start just on as a conversation. It doesn't I don't reach out with intentions or expectations. So when I reached out and we just talked about like doing a shoot and things like that, and then the conversation just developed from there. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> um, and then, what was your initial thought process when I told you that I loved you for the first time? Because I was the first one, and I know that it took you took you a few days. Um. I didn't know if I wanted to open that door, you know, because saying I love you and loving somebody is one thing and like opening that door to where the relationship is headed from there is another thing that I wasn't sure if I was ready for us to go that route because I cared about you it wasn't a matter of of caring or loving you it was a matter of okay we're gonna open this door to to this relationship and see if this is where we need to go we were still figuring out a lot of stuff at that point in our relationship yeah I know and you probably could agree just on how I told you that I was mad at myself for having to know that I had to admit it. Right. Because I sat there and told myself that I was never going to be in love again and I was never going to put myself through that. And then here I was falling in love with every piece of you. Even the even the things that at the same time drive me crazy, I'm like, that's that's my man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a very realist person and <clears throat> I've cared for people and I've loved people and ended those relationships because I know that they weren't going to work or it wasn't right or they needed help. I couldn't get them and it wasn't my job to do that. So 
for me and love and feelings, I can separate the two in the best interest of the party. So that's that's how I handle it. I'm a Libra. I balance those scales out and she's a Gemini. Devil. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we are not all you Geminis out there. We know that we are great. Don't listen to everybody else. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, we've reached just about the hour mark. Uh, we're going to try and do an hour. I don't know how frequently yet. So... But, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to lean into more aspects of our relationship, kind of tell you things going on. I think the next episode we will talk about uh, financials and stuff like that because that's a, a hot topic with us. Not so much. We don't argue about financials a lot, but we're still trying to figure it out. And... We want to let you know our troubles so you don't feel alone. So, is there anything you want to lead out with? Nope. Just take everything one day at a time and cool down before you try to have those hard talks. It's going to make it a lot easier. Always remember, stay lovebirds. Don't turn into birds of prey. Thanks for listening, guys.